Well, welcome back to the podcast, a conversation with Jeff Bucknam. And Jeff Bucknam is the lead teaching pastor at Harvest Bible Chapel in Tommy, Chicago. Tommy, do you like Land. your name? Yeah, I do. Do you like your name, Tommy Kreitz? Kreitz, yeah. Oh, Kreitz. Kreitz. We've done this. Okay, but I don't, I'm not a big fan of my name. You're not? No, it always sounds weird. When I say yeah, Jeff Conversations Bucknum? with Jeff Bucknam, I keep thinking, there's a better title for this podcast. It's a great. I'm not entirely sure well, it's a, what, it's a very, what it is. It's very descriptive. Yeah, we believe in calling things like uh, <laughs> what, they as, what they are. And that's, a, <laughs> this is exactly Do you remember called. back in the day, though, that there were like, in there was in the church world, you didn't call things like they were. So in, yeah, you in, made in the late mysterious. 90s, yeah. oh, you, it was, you know, I when I started. Yeah. Jubilee. <laughs> when I started being part of uh, the Young Adults Ministry, I was moved from New Zealand to yes. come to Canada. It was called In Extreme. In Extreme. Which I was like, hmm. oh. Yeah. But then I was like, well, we're not going to do that. Yeah. We need to pick something Latin. Ooh, what'd so you we call it? Sola. Oh, of course. Right? Like the five solas. Only yeah. in the five solas of uh -huh. the Reformation. Yeah. That's very And then the people after me were like, you know... What if we did? We could just call it Northview Young Adults. You could, yeah, yeah. And just then I came here, and it's like Harvest Young Adults. I was like, oh, that's not, yeah. But uh, but you guys should go back to like finding something else. Yeah, Lord yeah. of the Rings titles. And oh stuff. yes, Rivendell Rivendell Group. <laughs> Rivendell. Right. Yes. The <laughs> what was the big? There's a big. Uh, yeah. Uh, the underground area where all the well, all the orcs were. What yeah, I want called? you to say it. Wait, which one? Morag or uh, Moria? Moria. The Mines yes. of Moria? Yeah. You could call it Moria Fellowship. <laughs> wow. The fellowship of the. A fellowship of the people. Way <laughs> of the people. <laughs> that is, yeah, my youth group in high school was called H2O. Because you know that Jesus is the living water. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. There it is. Yeah. You'll never thirst again. There it is. That was. <laughs> Yeah. Is that what I they did, said? That's what they said. Yeah, there was a uh, what the church uh, what C C a letter C. Yep, Q C Q C Q. We want to see Q God. Oh no! Oh no! no come on! Okay, yeah, there it is. Okay, that was. <sighs> yeah, a, people sat around and came up with these. Yeah, they did. I mean, like, you know, yeah. everyone's going to come if we call it the lighthouse. Yep. Because that's what guides the ships into the harbor. Totally, and we're guiding people into the kingdom. Okay, what kind of church is this? If I if I'm if I give you a title, yeah, what kind okay. of church is it? Okay, I'll try. All right, I'll try. Uh, evangelical. No, what, what kind of evangelical? Oh. Living Water yeah. Fellowship. Yeah, it's charismatic. Yeah. Okay, yeah. the River Fellowship. <laughs> Sorry, so, they're always they, all, yeah. all the charismatic ones have to yeah. do with water or fire. Yeah, or have the uh, first assembly in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's yep. right. Yep. Well, they named the the EV Free Church in in Chicago here, yeah. uh, Arlene Heights EV Free. They named it the Orchard. Yeah, which is the Orchard. Interesting, because years ago Sounds I good. knew about that, but now. Yeah. I'm, anyway, this is not why people tuned in to this. This isn't. But hey, hope you're hope you're having fun with us. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, what's the, what's let's let's uh we could get to a conversation. We're gonna have a conversation. We are. Uh, and by the way, I'm, actually I, I'm, I'm your host, Tommy Kreitz. So if you didn't know that and you're just tuning in, welcome. We're glad that you're listening. And this is the part of the podcast where we just kind of talk about whatever we want and sometimes nothing at all, which is really fun. Yeah. It's the sign for us portion of the. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, a dated reference, isn't it? Seinfeld. It is now. It's coming more and more. Yeah, yeah. Seinfeld was a show about nothing. Yeah. This is the portion of the show, which you can fast forward if you want to go and get to the conversation with Stephanie. Absolutely. But, uh, but we had a couple things we wanted to talk about. We did, yeah. So, well, I want to know, um, how do you, one, how do you feel about concerts? 
And two, what what is your favorite concert you've ever been to? You're asking this because Stephanie's a she's a fan of concerts. She is. So okay. this is kind of a segue. Yeah. What what if is you will. what? Okay. What is my f- what do I think about concerts? What do you think about concerts? How do you feel about them? Uh, uh, and what has been your favorite one if you've, if you've ever been to one? The answer to the first question is overrated. Okay. Okay. And hot uh, take. The, <laughs> We're gonna the call second, this hot, hot this, takes with Jeff Buckner. The second one. What is the best concert I've ever been to? Well, if they're overrated, can you even name one? Oh man, it's I. I don't go to a name lot of some concerts. name some that you've been to. So listen, when I was a kid, mm-hmm. uh, grew up kind of listening to nineteen eighties Duran, like Duran Duran, oh, Tears yeah, yeah. for okay. Fears, that yeah. kind of stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I and then I became a Christian. Yeah. And they told me to get rid of all my stuff. Yeah, that's all stuff. devil music. Yeah. And then when I got rid of all the stuff. They, I started going to Christian concerts. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been to a Petra concert. <laughs> yes. Let's go. Which I guess it was okay. It was I. It's Petra as long oh, as I will Stephen live. Stephen Curtis Chapman. I was in there. Stephen Curtis. I was. I went to a concert. Did you go to the his. dive? I don't even know. I'm what that diving is. in. No. I'm go- okay. Um, uh, I, okay. I'm so sorry that I just sang for you all. That That's- concert. Uh, you know what? There was a. There was actually a group called Take Six. Yeah. Who were like, remember yeah. back in the, they were days of acapella. Okay. So I yeah. went to one of their, a concert of theirs that was had actually at a community college sort of near, near me. Okay. It just had like six stools yep. and a little <clears throat> white towel on each one, I guess. And they just came out and there were no instruments in the whole thing. They just went for it. I actually thought that was amazing. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah. My sister told me she was a big concert goer and she said the best concert she ever went to was uh, MC Hammer. Really? Yeah, because they had... I mean, I don't know why I'm shocked by that. Because sure, it was incredible. She had, there was like 30 people yep. on the stage doing all something? just doing something. Yeah, wow. Dancing. That, and that's some, quite a production. But they would do it within in unison sometimes, and then other times they weren't. She said it was just like a visual feast. Wow. Yeah. There Interesting. What was yours? What's your favorite uh, concert ever? Oh, man. I love concerts. Um, my favorite concert... Why do you love them? Uh, it's an experience. It's really fun. Like I love music, so like uh, typically the best sound that you'll ever get is through gigantic million dollar speaker systems. Okay. So like you really feel the music. Um, yeah, uh, it's live. It's like raw. Well, for most people, the, the the bands that I like to go to, like it's not you know the well, it's where you learn track lip syncing. You well, know, you like learn that. you learn the powers of auto tune, don't you? Yeah, right. Which they probably do to some extent have that. Live even because you really? can do that now. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, um, I should go on tour. Yeah, we could. <laughs> you just have to <laughs> conversations with Jeff, Jeff Buckham singing tour. <laughs> Let's give him a taste right now. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> oh man, people are definitely going to skip through this now. Uh, my favorite concert I think that I've ever gone to is um, weirdly like uh, the Flaming Lips, which is like it was just so bizarre it was such a bizarre i've never heard yeah not a popular band by any means but the guy here's why it was my favorite is at one point the lead singer um got it you know what a zorb is no it's like a big uh, circle inflatable circle that you get inside oh yeah yeah Yeah, you roll around in Uh uh-huh he got in that and he went into the crowd on the zorb like while singing and everyone was holding him up was he singing he was singing and then he sang um, Ground Control to Major Tom in the middle of the crowd in the Zorb. Wow. It was like, 
that's my, unique. Exp- yeah, yeah, yes, unique. it was so unique. I was like, yeah. what is happening right now? Yeah. And there was a lot of lasers and stuff. And, you know, I'm just like, as, yep. as a Star Wars fan, you got to love that. So I guess you, yes, you do. <laughs> so, so I'm actually yeah. excited to talk to this. So we're going to, I'm going to ask this question to Stephanie. Yes. Good. What's her favorite yeah. concert ever? Yeah. This is a very good, it is good, good question. And I'm glad now we know that we have to take you to a concert. Yeah. Acapella, maybe. No, you're not. The, pentato- the pentatonics are Ooh, big. Yeah, I know them. You do? I do. Okay. So maybe we'll. We're, we're taking Jeff. All right, it's time to interview Stephanie. Let's interview Stephanie. She's got a story because everyone has a story. And so uh, you guys are going to have a conversation about that. And we're going to get into that right now. Let's go. Well, here I sit with Stephanie Ulford. She is uh, the women's ministry director at Harvest Bible Chapel. A new job for you. Yes, yeah. very new. Only the last little while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Stephanie, I'm that. really excited that I, I don't you, I don't know who I'm talking to until I show up on the mm-hmm. day. And so uh, I walked in today, and you and your sister were sitting here, and so I didn't know. It was like a 50-50 chance. <laughs> Of which Olford we were gonna we were gonna get, but I'm excited that it, that that it's you. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Okay, Stephanie, you come from famous. First of all, um, you like concerts. I do. Yeah. Why? Mm-hmm. Um, I love music a lot, and I love the experience of going to a concert. You know, you go with your friends, you get dinner before, you're at the concert, you're taking in the music. It's like a movie, then. Oh, it's the best. It's the same thing it's as a movie. So good. It's just really expensive. It is. And a lot of weed. Yeah, sometimes. I mean, not that you guys are <laughs> no. doing it, but there's, it's what it smells like, marijuana everywhere. <laughs> um, so you, what, you, what, what was your best concert ever? Adele. Adele? Yes. How long so, ago was this? This was in 2017. Okay. Yeah, so it was the- Hello. Yes. It's me. Yes, she opened with that. And so it was crazy. Really? The hello, it's me? Yes. I was like, (gasps) and I love her. I was so excited. Um, But actually, the one of the girls I mentored at the student ministry I was in, her dad had bought these tickets for like all his business friends. And like, she's like, my dad has an extra ticket. And I was like, are you kidding me? So I went like. With a bunch of business friends. Yeah, (laughs) all these (laughs) businessmen and me. And I'm like. Hmm, I stick out like a sore thumb. Like they're all sitting there like very nicely were they, dressed. I was going to say, were they as engaged in Adele as you were? Oh no, I'm like crying and like, you know, so into it. And they're just like, they're like, this is just a normal Saturday night. You know, like they're like used to going to these fancy things. And I'm Did like. Did you get a chance to meet Adele? Oh no. Okay. Yeah. There's no way. Ah, there's always a way. <laughs> yeah. You should have given me a call. She and I are, we, uh, know, we know each other. Oh, I knew it. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> She sure can sing, though. There's no question yeah, about that. So sure. can you, Stephanie. Stephanie, you are a woman of many talents, and this is something I'm really interested in getting mm. into in the next little bit. First of all, though, you are the, you come from, like, blue blood Christian stock, don't you? <laughs> a like, little bit. Like the Olford name. Is it Olford? Yeah. Olford. Olford name mm-hmm. is rich with Christian history. Tell yes. me why. Yeah, so... Well, it goes back quite a ways, but um, like our great grandparents were missionaries in Africa, mm-hmm. 
And then my grandfather was an evangelist and did um, revivals and crusades with Billy Graham and that whole crew. Um, and he pastored a church in New York. Um, what was the name of the church? Um, what's the name of the church, Lens? Calvary. Uh-huh. Calvary. Downtown New York City. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right downtown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he was there for a long time and started a preaching ministry of training up pastors. And that's what my dad does is he trains pastors yeah. from all over the so world. So if you've heard the name Stephen Ulford, that's your grandfather. Yes. Mm-hmm. And your dad's name is? David. David mm-hmm. Ulford. Yeah. But neither of them are the most famous Ulford. Stephanie Ulford Ugh. is the most famous. <laughs> well, at least for today you are. Uh, um yeah. For the podcast. A lot of good preaching stock then. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So would you grow up in, I mean, you grew up in a really committed Christian home then. Yes. Yeah. Like a ministry home. Mm-hmm. Did, you, did you always expect to be in ministry? Um, Not really. Like my mom was a women's director, so like both my parents were in ministry. I mean, when you're a kid, I was like, I'm going to be a pop star. Like I was kind of like, you know, wasn't really thinking about it. I knew like I wanted to help people. And at first, at first, I thought I would be a nurse or something like that. And then I realized I hated blood and anything like that. Yeah, that's usually part <laughs> of it. That's usually part of it. Um, but I didn't really feel called to ministry till I was 16. Wow. Yeah. What happened that made you feel um, called to ministry? Was it like a moment or was it just yeah. sort of came around going, huh, these are sort of my skills? Yeah. Well, I think I'd like thought about it a little bit. Like I had... I started leading worship at my student ministry when I was like 14. Why? And I Did you sing? When did you realize you could sing? Um, when you were a little kid, did you hit all the notes? And people said, you got a lovely voice. Yeah, I had, I think, I didn't believe it for a long time. Like my mom would be like, you can sing. And I was like, no, my mom's just being nice. Like I just didn't really believe it. Yeah. And then I actually had a teacher who like, we did like a chapel program when I was in elementary school. And she heard me sing and was like, you need to pursue that. And, like, try to set me up with auditions and things like that, like, really, like, encouraged me. Um, and that was, like, the first person who was, like, wow, like, you you are gifted in this. Um, but I was really shy. So, like, I wasn't, like, the girl who was, like, I'm going to go and sing. Like, I never wanted to audition for things. I was very nervous. Um, and so, like, I started singing in my youth group. And I was, like, always, like, background vocals and, like, was really nervous. The quiet about ones. Yeah. <laughs> And then um, got into it um, and really I just fell in love with it. Like yeah. I was like, I just love getting to like worship with my friends and getting to lead and sing to Jesus. And um, yeah, it was through leading worship that I kind of started to feel this call. So at 14 years old, you started doing it mm-hmm. for your youth group. Yeah. And then about 16, did you feel like what, 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 what constituted the call? Yeah, I was leading worship at a youth camp um, for my youth group. And I remember I was like on stage and I just felt like the Lord was just like saying to me, like, you're going to serve me the rest of your life. Like, and, and like a ministry context, just like as I was leading worship. And I didn't know what that would look like. And I was like, maybe I'm just going to lead worship the rest of my life. Or, and I remember telling my youth pastor, I was like, I feel like I'm called to ministry. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you are. And like, it was, it was really cool. Just like be affirmed. Yeah. I felt very affirmed. And where did you grow up? I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee. Okay, why why Memphis, Tennessee? Did your family did your, they move there for some business reason? Well, so my mom grew up in Memphis. Mm-hmm. Um, she was the women's director. Has she ever been walking church. in Memphis? Walking in Memphis. Yeah, since music, <laughs> huh? Mark Cohn. All right. Yes. Um, so she's originally from Memphis, and she was working at our home church. And then my um, 
dad's ministry ended up moving to Memphis. So our grandfather became part of Central Church where my mom was at. Oh, yeah. And like kind of housed it there. And then they um, met. They met there. Oh. And then the rest is history. So that's why we are in Memphis. So. Okay. So yeah. that's your hometown. Mm-hmm. I love it. You don't really talk with a Memphis, though. No, but my dad, you know, was a missionary kid to New York. So he was a British yeah, kid. Yeah. And then I, I think also like public speaking and stuff like that, you know. Makes it yeah. so that you don't have the, a little bit of the drawl. Do it. Yeah. Do it. Do a Tennessee accent for me. Hey, y'all. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. You got no I, other words. I, I don't know. Fried chicken. Fried chicken. <laughs> yeah. No. One of these days, I'd like to. I'd like to hear somebody describe for me the differences between the southern accents. Yeah. Because they're... I, I, I knew I used to live in Texas. Oh yes. Yeah, and I know. A little bit about the Texas Southern accent. They sort that's well in Dallas. That's they sort of do that a little yeah. bit, but it's not really a serious one. You're good at that. Wow. Yeah, they but they talk like kind of normal, but not really normal. Yeah, like you know, y'all. Yeah, Matt Chandler. That's what he sounds like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to me. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I would like to know the difference between a Texas and a F- Florida Panhandle. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But I'll have to wait for another guest for that, I guess. I guess so. <laughs> you're not the one who's going to be able to do that <laughs> no. for me. So, Stephanie, um, you get this call to ministry mm-hmm. <clears throat> growing up in Memphis. Mm-hmm. How many sisters and brothers you have? Just Lindsay. Lindsay. Yeah. Yep. Who's sitting in the room with us yeah, today. Yeah, Lindsay. <clears throat> you guys both work at Harvest. Yes. For how long has Lindsay worked at Harvest? Um, about a year, right? Yeah. Wow. Oh. And how long have you worked at Harvest? Um, over two years. Okay, so mm-hmm. you're the reason she's here. Well, she was attending Harvest oh, okay. before, because uh, she moved she's here before I did. Okay, well, I want to get into that. You uh, you went to college somewhere. I'm assuming you went to high school. Do you ever play any sports? Um, I played tennis. Did you? Yes. Are you good at tennis? Um, not anymore, <laughs> probably. <laughs> I haven't played in a very long time. One hand or two hand backhand? Um, two hand. Yeah. Yeah. Need a little bit extra power yeah. that way? Yep. Why did you think you were going to be a pop star, by the way, when you um, were Because I watched Lizzie McGuire and thought I was going to... Lizzie McGuire. That's right. I'm trying to remember <laughs> your age here. Lizzie McGuire. Yeah. yeah that's the yeah. Disney show. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I was... I just And I loved to sing, and that was what I thought I was going to do. Okay. Yeah. Well, good. And you are... You kind of started doing it. When you went to college, did you decide that you were going to take up singing? Did you go to a university or a school that I'm, you thought that was going to help you that way? Um, so I knew I was called to ministry and the biggest thing that I kind of saw with ministry was you need to know how to counsel people. Um, and so I actually wanted to study psychology. Um, so I was, and then I did a minor in worship leadership. So you must, you went to a Christian college, Mm -hmm. which one? Um, Union University in Jackson, Tennessee. In Jackson, Tennessee. Is that a big college or is Uh, it not? No, it's like a small Christian school. Okay. But yeah, it was great. I loved my time there. It was awesome. You didn't get your ring by spring, though. I did not. I was close, but I didn't. Whoa, yeah. close, huh? Uh-huh. How close? Um, He was about two weeks from proposing. Oh, my word. Mm-hmm. So how long have you dated this guy? Um, Two years. You dated him two years, mm-hmm. and then what happened? Um, I had some really awesome friends who pulled me aside and said, I do not think this is the guy for you. Wow. And how did you handle that? Um, it was a really crazy, messy time in my life of trying to, like, I realized how much I had confused the voice of God with his voice and how much I was 
looking for wisdom from this guy versus actually seeking the Lord in our dating relationship. And so I took a lot of time to pray and seek the Lord. And it was very evident, like, yeah, my friends are right. And it was really hard. This would have come out of left field for him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So did you, uh, how did you, how did you, sorry, I'm just really interested. How, yeah. how did you uh, go about communicating that message? Yeah. You sent him a text? No. That's kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, um, We're bye. Done. <laughs> Don't like you anymore. <laughs> Get out of here. Um, no, we had a lot of hard conversations because I had kind of, I brought up, hey, these are the concerns my friends have. And then for me, it was like these like rose colored lenses came off. I was like, oh, like I'm really not happy. Like I'm really, I do not feel at peace with God. I feel like I've, I'm walking, if I keep walking in this, I'll be disobedient to the Lord. Wow. Um, and he was very much like, no, like we need to get married. Like we need to do this. Like was very much like not in that space. And then eventually we both came to like, is like, hey, this is not the best thing for both of us. Okay. So, yeah. It was how, hard. How old were you? Oh, I was 21. Wow. That's mm -hmm. tough to do at 21 years old yeah. to make a decision like that. Yeah. And all my friends were like getting married. Oh, so like, of course. I was the only one out of my three, my four say, of roommates. Course. The Christian community is kind of weird in that yeah. way, right? I mean, everybody else kind of gets married in their late 20s or 30s. Mm -hmm. But in the Christian community, yeah, if you're not married by 23, so there's something wrong with you, yeah. apparently. But it was like. weird. But it changed the trajectory, like, because I had been very much like, oh, I'm going to stay in Memphis forever. Like, I was like, oh, like, I'm just going to be in Tennessee. And then from that, like, I really was like, yes, I definitely, I want to really pursue ministry and really pursue the things that God's called me to. Because I'd kind of gotten comfortable in this relationship and comfortable with, like, what I thought my life was going to be. Yeah. And that's when I ended up applying to a bunch of grad schools and got accepted to only schools in Chicago. Okay. And for counseling. So you decided at that point, though, that you were going to be doing uh, counseling ministry. Yeah. Well, I thought, I had always thought one day I'd do women's ministry. I was like, one day I'll do that, but I need to, I want to have this counseling background. Because I just know, like, I, like you know, like, you're, a oh, lot yeah. of times you're sitting in, like, a lot of your meetings are pastoral counseling meetings. Of, yeah, without a doubt. So I was like, I want to really know how to do this well. So where did you go to, where did you go to school to get your counseling degree? Wheaton. Oh, mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Did you like it? I loved Wheaton. It was awesome. Okay. Because like, it just showed like how it integrated the Bible and the counseling world. So it yeah. was able to help show you, okay, this is how the, these things communicate and how God designed us. And it was incredible. So you got a master's degree mm -hmm. in? In clinical mental health counseling. Oh, dear. Yeah. Are you are you currently psychoanalyzing me? Yes. <laughs> just kidding. A lot of problems. It's always hard whenever you find out that somebody was a when I was in college and you found out somebody was a psychology major. Oh yeah, I just immediately want to go. Oh man, yeah. Because uh. afterwards, you know, they'd had two classes in psychology and they're like, you know what your problem is? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's worse when you're in grad school. Freud too. would oh. have said, <laughs> I don't care what Freud said. I know. They're like, your attachment theory is exactly. this. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, you come, you came out and, and yeah. you immediately started working with what uh, group? Did you get a job somewhere mm -hmm. else or did is Harvest the first place you got a job? So I was offered, so I interned at Wheaton College Counseling Center. So I was counseling college students and I was working with a guy. What was that like? It was awesome. I loved it. Like just getting to- What are the issues that college students came to speak to you about? Oh, ev everything under the sun, like depression, anxiety, um, 
family of origin, like, you know, you're away from your family for the first time. You're like, wow, my family's kind of crazy. And, um, dating things, like just some premarital counseling. Um, yeah, a lot. Eating disorders was a lot. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's a counseling office on the campus that offers Mm -hmm. services to the students as part of their tuition or do they have to pay for you? Yeah, it was free. So I counsel from like eight to five. My word. Every day. And that gives you life. I, it was, it was draining for me, but I loved, what I love is helping instill hope in people. Yeah. Like I love getting a point to, this is the truth about what God says about you. And that was my favorite thing. And seeing someone go from, I'm believing all these lies about myself to going to, wow, like I'm really latching onto this truth. Like I just, that was my favorite thing to see. Okay. Yeah. That's good. And you did this for how long? Um, so I finished at the college counseling center in May when I graduated. And then my supervisor actually had a private practice and said, Hey, I want to offer you to join my practice. So you must be really good at it. I I don't know. I guess so. Well, no, people don't (laughs) offer you jobs and stuff like that. If you're not good at the counseling stuff. Well, it it was, and it was a, it was a really high honor. I was really thankful that he offered that to me, but that I literally, I started doing that in July after I graduated and then I came on staff at Harvest in November. Okay. Of 2019. November of 2019. Yes, so like sir. we're talking like it's five months, four months before COVID shut everything down. Yep. So your only experience in ministry basically prior was, was that, that particular time. Harvest was well, having a bit of a rough challenge at that point yeah, too, right? Yeah. But I had, I had done student, like I had been a student ministry intern in college. Like yeah. I'd worked at a church for two years and- at like a church in Jackson and I did a church in Memphis for And you came months. to Harvest to do what work? I was a ministry coordinator. Oh. So I did admin work and Okay, so that's different though. Yes. Did you do it because you wanted to like get a foot in the door with a church? Is was that always kind of your hope that you could work in a local church? Yeah, I always wanted to work in a local church and I remember I remember when everything went down at Harvest. I remember the Lord was like you need to work here. Like I felt that pull in my I was like Really? Well, I was like, "Lord, were you I've, attending?" Yes, I was attending Harvest and I like was there like the Sunday like everything was going down and I was like When you say everything was going down, what what to what are you referring? Like when like, you know, People were leaving and, yeah. you know, all the transitions Pastors happening. were getting, mm-hmm. fi- well, yeah. he, James got fired and then, yeah, okay. So I was like there through all, and I was like, I saw, I'd been through a lot of different church splits and stuff like that. Yeah. So I was like, wow, the way they're handling this is incredible. And also I was like, these people are hurting. Yeah. And I was like, I want to help. How can I help? And so that was like when I started to feel the call to like come be on staff. So you joined the staff of Harvest Bible mm-hmm. Chapel uh, what was your first, what were your first, um, impressions of working with, uh, at harvest behind the scenes? Yeah. It was a very different place in like November, 2019. Like I remember it was a lot, like a lot more corporate than it is now. And it was like, and I remember too, I, I sat in a room with Beth Freeman, who was the women's director at the time. And she was like, you're just talking about stuff. And I just looked at her. I was like, you know, you can trust me, right? And we both just started crying, like because it's just like the, the the trust had been so broken. Really, yeah, with their brothers. Yeah, and so it was like so I was like, I'm not in this to like make a name for myself or do like I'm just I'm just here to. Serve. So when you say the trust was broken, there was a feeling that you had that somebody um, just trying to read into your words there. Yeah, that some that that you people were were after their own particular. 
thing. agenda yep. and not necessarily sharing all the details of that agenda with you. Mm-hmm. So it was always hard to know politically what people had behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. but it's, it was really, it's been awesome. Like I like working with John Smith and Beth and Dave, like it was, it was really cool. So you worked at the Rolling Meadows campus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so I was the ministry coordinator there for quite a while, for about a year. And then, and then uh, COVID shut down yeah. every, everything. Right after women's retreat two years ago. Like, really? Yes. So you guys were kind of like, uh, you were probably ground zero for this whole thing. You guys were the ones who did it. <laughs> yeah, probably. You went to <laughs> a women's retreat and then everything <laughs> fell apart. Yep. Yeah. So uh, what was it like for you? I mean, how old, how old were you when, you st- when uh, COVID hit? I was 24, 25. Yep. So you, this is this will go down as one of the defining moments, of course, for all of our lives, yeah. but especially for somebody I would think a young adult who's mm-hmm. just kind of starting out in in work and ministry, and all of a sudden COVID hits, and you're, what are you doing now? Yeah, you were a campus coordinator. There's mm-hmm. no camp. There's lo- nothing going on. It was like we the biggest thing that we all did as a team we were like how are we caring for our people so like we were calling people like the whole campus we like all split up and like i was like i was like hey judy like how you doing today and it was like all calling people yeah. praying for people you did you like that oh i love that i love talking to people so it was really fun <laughs> for me yeah um but i mean we learned a lot about like how how do we interact as a team and work better and work more efficiently and also, just how do we really connect and care for our people who are really isolated? And it made us aware of, like, people are isolated, period. Like, it's not just COVID. It's just people are isolated. Yeah, there seems to be a bit of a, there's a significant amount of loneliness that happens in the in the world that we ex- we live in yeah. now, right? I mean, you think it's weird because we, uh, it, it's so much easier to communicate nowadays mm-hmm. than it ever has been. Yeah. I remember when I'm, I'm, I was in Europe when I was dating my girlfriend then, wife mm-hmm. now, and we had to send airmail letters. This is in the early 1990s. Mm-hmm. And now I, you know, like my son went to Europe for a number of months and we texted every day. Wow. So it's just, it's, it's communications easier and yet people seem to be lonelier. Yeah. Uh, okay. So mm-hmm. analyze that counselor. Mm. Why? I think it's because we don't actually form deep relationships. Like we actually keep it very surfacey and like, it's like our Instagram, you know, it's like, oh, I show you what I want to show you uh-huh. versus like actually talking about this is how I'm really feeling and actually connecting with people. And I think too, there is kind of this anxiety of really being known like, oh, if I'm really known, this person's going to speak in my life. I don't know if I like that. Okay. Like I'm used to, I like being comfortable where I'm at. Okay. So it's a protection from, mm-hmm. uh, from changing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I think um, I've I've always thought to myself that I wasn't doing pastoral ministry. I'd either be involved in uh, law mm. or a thing called media ecology. Media ecology oh. is uh, is the idea that the the format or the me- medium that you use to communicate something. So in this case, a podcast. Yeah has an influence on the con- on the content of the material that you're trying to communicate. Mm. So a good example is what you just mentioned. So I- Instagram uh, mm. as a as a medium. Yeah. Okay. 
there are certain things about the medium that dictate the the communication, right? So yeah. one of the things that dictates the communication of the content is that it's everybody's best self. Yep. Right. So, Mm -hmm. so we think that we are getting to know somebody through Instagram, but you're not, you're actually just getting to know the highlight reel uh, of their lives. And ultimately people are really not open to sharing the, the weak things, which of course creates not just on Instagram, it has a bleed over effect into the rest of their lives. Right. Yeah. And it, well, I mean, on one hand it creates a lot of difficult people use Instagram a lot. There's a lot of like, uh, envy, Right. Mm-hmm. Because my life doesn't look like that. And why are these people always going to Hawaii? <laughs> yeah. do, do you know what I mean? Like if you had to stay home for spring break and everyone's sending their thing from Phoenix or Hawaii or mm-hmm. whatever. Hey, look at these friends are in the south of France. How can they afford that? Yeah. Right. I, I she doesn't do it. Jo- like, what are they doing? They must be a massive debt. Do you, mm-hmm. do you see what I'm yeah. saying? And so yeah. there, it, there becomes this uh, comparison game that goes on and that influences wider things. And so, yeah, yeah. media ecology is fascinating but um anyway you got me on my little train yeah, of thought there that's good um so stephanie uh somebody came along and asked you to be a women's uh director yeah they were crazy at some <laughs> at some point but you weren't going to be a women's director um that was not the plan no. you were supposed to go by the way uh, that was me i know so um <laughs> surprise everyone when i came here you didn't want to be you weren't planning on being a women's director um I, that was like probably one of those things that I had in the back of my mind had prayed about for like maybe one day that would happen. That was like this something I, I probably had not told maybe like a handful of people that I'd ever want to do that. What was your, what was the draw to do something like that? It's like a combination of all my favorite things. Like, yeah. like I love pouring into women. I love teaching. I love events. I love discipleship. I love counseling. Like it's yeah. all the things I love. In one package. Right. Because I just I just love ministry. Yeah. I love ministering to people. You get to do the whole thing mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. So it wasn't really on your radar? Um, no. I mean, it was one of those things, like, when I, I kind of got shuffled around a little bit for a period of time. Like, when Beth left yeah. in 20... She used to be the women's director mm-hmm. here, for those who don't yeah. know. Yeah. When she left, I was, like, became the associate director of women's and counseling for yeah. just the Rolling Meadows campus. And I was like, this isn't really fit right. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. And then I was like, this should fit. And then I just did counseling for like a couple of months. Yeah. I was like, this doesn't fit right either. And then when you came along, we're like, I want you to do this. I was like, oh my goodness. But then I was just like, this fits right. Yeah. But I never would have been like, that's for me. Yeah. You know? uh, it's pretty easy to tell that it's <laughs> for you. That's well, one of the things that has been fun. At, at, I mean, I've had mo- them, some of the most joy I've had in ministry is being able to identify the gifts in people and saying, oh, that person belongs on that seat. Hmm. And it was not very hard with you because mm. everybody else was trying to, everybody wanted a piece of Stephanie. Mm. And I was like, well, that probably is an indication that Stephanie's really good at a lot of things. And it's important for the person who's directing a women's ministry to do that. You're also really approachable. You know that, mm-hmm. right? Like the best women's pastors in the world, well, sorry, women's ministry directors <laughs> for me, women's pastors in the world are uh, just super approachable people. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're, they don't put on airs or try to convince everybody else that they're, you know, they got it all sorted out, whatever. I mean, I have some funny stories about uh, interactions with some women's ministry directors in the past who are lovely, lovely people, but mm-hmm. you know, they, they, 
they always wear like red stiletto heels and big capes and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, Which, of course, you know, it's not, I, I, you know. I it's need the kind a cape. Of, do you know what I mean, though? <laughs> yeah. It's the kind of picture that I think a lot of women have in their mind. Oh, I'm going to go to the women's event. It's going to have sh- yes. everyone Fancy. with lots of red lipstick, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. So, you just came off of, though, your first uh, big event yeah. that you guys have done as a women's ministry. You've been doing this for uh, several months. Mm-hmm. And, and what happened this weekend? It was awesome. Like, I, honestly, it's just the Lord. Like, we did all this planning and preparation. We talked about what it means to be written into the story of God. Where where was the this event? It was at the Marriott Lincolnshire. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know where that is. Yeah, it's in, near Deerfield. Okay. Yep. It's near Deerfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you went up there. Mm-hmm. The, everyone stayed the, the night in the hotel. Mm-hmm. And you guys had all of your st- stuff in the conference rooms of the hotel. Yep. Right. And uh, how many women were involved in it? Uh, about 500. That's a lot of women yeah. involved in a, an event. Awesome. Were you freaked out that that wasn't going to happen? Um, I think w- for a little bit, we were like, oh, if we just get 350, like if we just get like this number. Yeah. Especially with like, you know, we were trying to figure out rooms and like COVID was still like so crazy at the time when like a couple months ago when we were planning. It was like, I have no idea. Yeah, what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And then it was like this weekend, it like opened up a lot more here in Chicago. So it's like, oh. Wow. Yeah. And so then uh, you got together, you got 500 women Mm -hmm. and nobody cried. Oh, we cried. We (laughs) cried all weekend. All like, yeah. I was was telling somebody, I should have given you guys a piece of advice before you went. You (laughs) needed to have a comedian right in the middle just to bring you guys out of the tears. I know. Just for a few minutes. But yeah, you had several speakers Mm -hmm. who were involved in it and, and what kinds of things they share. Yeah, so we talked about the sovereignty of God, about God being the author of your story. Then we talked about what it means to be a character in God's story and how a lot of times your story looks different than Mm. someone else's. And then we talked about the conflict of our story of Adam and Eve in the fall. And Vanessa Dalrymple shared her testimony, which was really, really powerful. Mm. And then um, Bethany talked about holy commissioning of we have a call on our lives because we are written in the story of God. And our story is to tell God's story. That's great. It was great. And it was well-received. Yes. The ladies were there. You didn't do any counseling. I did a lot of counseling. On the weekend. <laughs> well, that's good, though. You know, It's nice, though, when you get there and you realize that you're, uh, you're, you're well-equipped for the, for the stuff mm-hmm. uh, that you're dealing with at the time. Yeah. You did a breakout session, too. Mm-hmm. My wife went to your breakout session. I know. What was your breakout session about? It was about anxiety. Mm-hmm. I wonder what that means that she went through. Uh-huh. Anyway, <laughs> just kidding. She's probably trying to figure out how to deal with her husband. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, um, it was funny on the women's ministry weekends, uh, whenever there's a women's retreat or conference mm-hmm. or something like that, that, uh, that in my past anyway, the church has gone to, it, it is always fun to see the guys with the little kids oh, behind yeah. them. Aww. They're not, uh, let, I mean, not everybody does it, right? Especially in the era of uh, video. And they think, well, if there's one week we're going to miss, it's going to be this week because I don't know how to get those kids anywhere. Yeah, yeah. So it was interesting in the in the church to see uh, dads with their little ones all Aww. all in tow, which was which was good. Yeah. But I think the ladies were missed. They should yeah. probably know that. Yeah. Uh, they were they were quite missed on the mm-hmm. on the weekend. But I'm really glad to hear that it was a good thing. Do you feel like you you feel like this is kind of a launching point then for for you guys? Yeah. In your ministry, you feel like you're coming off of something that's really strong. Yes. I feel like this set a good tone of us. I think I felt like a weekend of change and freedom. Like it felt like a weekend where it was finally like, hey, we're not going to just stay the surface level with each other and also with the Lord. 
Mm. Like, what does it look like to actually dive in deep as women together with the Lord? That's great. That's really good to hear. Okay, so what's the weirdest thing you've ever heard in a counseling room? Oh, Can you share that? You're not going to use names. Just tell me the weirdest thing. I think what the weirdest thing is. No, nothing super weird? Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's like just people who've like had just weird things happen to them. I'm like, that's interesting. You know, like I'm... So, okay, when you've been... See, you do lots of things. So worship leading. Yes. Has there ever been a moment where you've been up on the worship leading that everything was going wrong? Yes. Okay, what happens... Well, like, explain to me what went wrong, and then what did you do? Oh, I, there, the amount of times my in-ears fall out of my ears, and I'm, like, like, I'm, like, having to, like, dig around for them on the floor and, like, put them back in. So that's happened a lot. Um, I've definitely, like, missed my cue, like, miss, like, when I'm supposed to come in. And what do you do if you miss your cue? I just start mumbling to my where so I need to be. Watermelon, watermelon, watermelon. <laughs> like, you know, I'm just like, okay, where am I where am I at? So um yeah. When I was a kid, I one time was singing at something and I sneezed in the microphone. So that was that was a good one too. Do you want to hear something funny? <laughs> I I drink uh I dr- like drink Coke Zero and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't drink coffee. So in the mornings sometimes I drink something with caffeine in it. Yeah. And sometimes before I go and I preach, I drink Coke Zero. Mm-hmm. And it is not uncommon for me to have a burp that comes up <laughs> in the middle of the thing. And, you know, when it, you're not expecting those ones, you yeah. know, and then all of a sudden, you know, and, and the microphone. <laughs> and I didn't really, most people didn't notice it until COVID. And I was doing uh, a lot of online stuff. Oh, I was preaching no. to a camera. Yeah. And they would be like, it became a joke of, uh, when when is Jeff gonna burp in this sermon? Oh my god! And how many minutes in? And yeah. like this comment, <laughs> it was pretty funny. <laughs> so funny. Have you uh, burped here? Oh yeah, a thousand times. Are you kidding me? I just you um, learn how to look hide out, it. harvest people. You learn how to hide it after a while. Didn't Saturday you? night, watch out. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's why they don't like me. <laughs> I don't like this guy. He burps too much. Um. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's one of the funny things that I, I enjoy doing is when I when I spend time with people uh, who do, you know, in front of people things. Mm-hmm. There's this second conversation that you are having in your head while you're doing the thing, whether it's singing or preaching yes. or whatever. There's two things going on. Oh. There's you preaching or you singing and then this constant yeah. underlying conversation that's going on in your head trying to think, okay, what's the next line? Or, oh, look, so-and-so's here. Yeah. Oh, I wonder how they're doing. I'll have to look for them after the thing. And then you get a little freaked out because now you're thinking a little too long about so-and-so. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, wait a minute. I'm supposed to know the next verse. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I feel like that happens more with me with teaching, for sure. Teaching, I'm like, I feel like with worship stuff, I'm like, oh, I just look at the screen. I'll be fine. I'll find my the, the, like teaching. You're oh, like, wait, where'd, give, I, where'd I where'd I go? That. Like, I'm like, I need to make sure I'm yeah. back where I need to be. When I first came here to Harvest, uh, they had a, they have a video screen right in front of oh, the... Oh, yeah. And I told the first thing, uh, they in the, like, sound check, they had the screen on so I could you could see yourself. Oh, I hate it. And I said, no, 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 that's not happening. No, you got to shut that off right away. Yeah. And so uh, they did, and they've did it, done it since, but on one or two occasions, they've left it on, and I will not preach. 
I, I will not continue. Yeah. Like I will interrupt the whole thing and say, no, 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 come here. You guys need to come down and shut this screen off right here because it's bad enough. Everybody else has to see me. I don't, if I don't yeah. want to look at myself. I don't want to see the weird things I do. <laughs> I don't want to look at myself. Worship leading. That's where I'm always like, oh my gosh. I'm like, I'm mm-hmm. making weird faces. <laughs> so, like I don't need that. Nah. Well, you know what? The beauty, uh, it, you're very genuine. Do you, you still lead worship all the time? Um, yeah, like probably like at least twice, three times a month. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, What's your favorite worship song right now? Oh, I really like Firm Foundation right now. I don't know what that is. Um, it's like a Cody Carnes song. Uh, That's good. Cody yeah. Carnes. I like vertical worship too. Do you too. like anything from Petra? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't even know what Petra is. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's a throwback to the little conversation I had with Tommy earlier. Yeah. I went to a Petra concert oh. once. Yeah, it was wow. sad. I'm sad that you don't like concerts though. Mm. I, you know, look, I like going to, you know, church, I guess, a lot of the worship music at church is sort of concerty now, so I, I guess it's okay. I enjoy the singing along with all that kind of thing, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm too cynical. Mm. I just, yeah, I look behind the scenes, and I look at the things, and I'm like, oh, you're just trying to present yourself as this big superstar, and you're, mm. not, that, you're not that great. Mm. Isn't that terrible? It's a challenge that I have. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a little too optimistic, so I'm like, this is great. Keep it, keep it that way. That's fantastic. Naivete can be a great thing. Yeah. <laughs> Just <keep> I'm kidding, <laughs> Stephanie. Jeez. Stephanie. Okay, so time for the lightning round. Oh, yeah. Ask some questions. All right. Uh, Stephanie, if you could do anything on any given day, what Ooh. would you be doing? Um, I'd ride roller coasters. What's the best <laughs> roller coaster in the world that you've ridden? Oh, man. Um, I have to think. I really like, I like anything at Six Flags. I like, I'm, I like any roller coaster. It's hard to. Anyone? Explain. Yeah. Okay. But not, I don't, not I don't one like better the spin, than I don't like do the like teacups. That's all I don't like. Do you like the ones that do like the, the loop-de-loop yep. thing? That, yeah. Those Bring are it the, on. Those are the good ones. Do you like roller coasters that have you hanging down from the top? So where you're not sitting down, but you're hanging and you. Yeah. Like the Superman? Yeah. Love you like, those. You like that kind of thing. Anything. So you would go to a theme park yeah. and ride roller coasters. Yeah. Or go to the beach. Those are my two favorite Okay. Things. What's your favorite beach? Um, I love Gulf Shores. That's like where we went as a family. I like Rosemary Beach. Where is Gulf Shores? Alabama. Oh. Yeah. There are beaches in Alabama? Yes. They're like, and it's like a hidden gem because they're such nice beaches. Really? Yes. Wow. I didn't know that. Surprise. Yeah. Well, being from the West Coast, mm. it, when we think beaches, we think only one place yep. in California. So, um yeah, so we we're always surprised we West Coasters. Wait a minute. You have beaches on the Atlantic? Yes. <laughs> it, is pretty, it, is pretty, it is pretty funny, mm-hmm. right? Uh, what is your favorite song to sing in front of people? Um, I like leading What a Beautiful Name. Mm-hmm. Okay, why? Um, I... I think I just love, I love the progression of the song. Like I love where it, where it leads. And I also love, I love songs where people are singing out and they know it and oh, they're yeah. like. Right into it. Yeah. Like I, I love that. Okay. Uh, if you could do anything else besides what you're doing right now, mm-hmm. what would you be doing? What would I be doing? Um, I would be like a travel blogger or something. Really? Just travel around. What's yeah. the favorite place you've ever been? Italy. Where in Italy? Um, specifically Florence. Okay. Give people some, the lowdown on something they should do if they go to Italy. Um, if you go to Italy, you need to, you need to go to Florence and check out like all the museums there. 
The art's art. beautiful. Yeah, it's, art in Florence. it's beautiful. And just, oh, the basilica there is incredible. It is pretty. Yeah, yeah. I, I loved it. And then get a croissant and drink some coffee and just have just a Just sit. Time. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually great. something the Americans don't usually do when they go and travel to places like Europe yeah. is that you, you need to just sit. Yes. Right? Just sit at the cafe, watch people go by. Yeah, it's the beauty of it. How many times have you been to Europe a lot? No, that was for like a study abroad thing. Oh, wow. Can you speak Italian? No, I cannot. Do you speak any other languages? I know some Spanish, but not. Okay, give me your best Spanish line. (laughs) Hola, como estas? Muy bien. You too? Wow, you're right into it. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. No sports, you don't like any professional sports team? Um, I like basketball. I like the Memphis Grizzlies. (laughs) Yep. Well, we're going to have to end it there. Oh, and it's like I'm the re- No, the reason is because the Memphis Grizzlies were stolen from Vancouver. Oh, what? And I, yeah. don't, I don't think cities that steal other teams are really uh, important. Have we so become our When I became Oklahoma, no, when I, uh, my, my team was the Seattle Supersonics. And so Oklahoma City stole them from us. Mm. And uh, now people ask me, oh, do you cheer for Oklahoma City? No. No, you mm-hmm. don't, listen. You don't cheer for the girl for the for the the other guy who stole your girl. What are you talking about? No, he's evil. <laughs> Oklahoma City's evil. I refuse to go there for anything ever, mm. ever. Wow. I hope that they. I hope that I hope the the. I don't even want to say their names. <laughs> the blunder. I hope the blunder fail miserably and go out of existence. Wow. Bring back the Sonics is what I say. Do you feel that about Memphis Grizzlies? I didn't, wasn't that a fit? I didn't love Vancouver's team as much, but I, you know, since I live there, yeah, I do. <laughs> okay. How dare they? <laughs> How dare they? Oh. Okay. Have you been to a Grizzlies game? Yes. Okay. Do you like them? I do. What's your favorite thing about a Grizzlies game? Oh, I mean, first off, it's like Memphis is like a big, small town. So like you run into all your friends. Like you're like, oh, hey, like, you know, all your friends from church are all there. And then also I just love, I love watching basketball. I think it's super fun. Like okay. just getting to watch the game and i like live sports yeah it seems to me that you're like you you enjoy a good experience yes so if i were going to psychoanalyze you i'd say that you're a bit of a thrill seeker and you want to have the 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 whoosh that comes from the moment mm-hmm. all right yeah. kind of a hedonist then oh well that's one way to put it <laughs> Thank Stephanie, you. this has been really good to talk to you. Uh, if you see Stephanie around, uh, you need to pat her on the back. She's an absolute delight and um, has done a really, really good job with the women's ministry so far. And there, usually uh, when I ask people to do something, there's like a little bit of hesitation, like, oh, I hope that doesn't blow up. Mm-hmm. But I've never had that hesitation with you. Boys are really confident that you're going to be able to do it. And you have proven that true in the mouths of lots and lots of women who've told me that many times. So feel affirmed. Anyway, God bless you. Thanks for the rest of you. We'll talk to you the next time.